the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Are Christian groups being increasingly canceled? And then, how do we stop creating selfish Christians? You're listening to The Common Good. Happy Tuesday, friends. Welcome to The Common Good here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life, alongside Aubrey Sampson. My name is Brian Fromm. So glad to have you with us today on a Tuesday afternoon. Miss Sampson, how are we today? Wonderful. How are we, Brian? <laughs> I am I am doing just fine. It's a it's a Tuesday, you know? It's a Tuesday. That's right. It is definitely a Tuesday. I've been doing some Christmas shopping today, which is fun. Yeah, I get stressed when my wife does Christmas shopping, not because she does anything wrong, but because I just know the implications. I was of about like, to say because of the money or yes, or, oh, a hundred percent because of it, and none of it's yeah. wrong. We've agreed right. upon the budget. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not buying the Christmas gifts, so right. nothing she's doing. But every right. time I know she's Christmas shopping, yeah. my anxiety level just goes up and <laughs> no, up and up. Something. Do you feel any pressure? Like, okay, she's shopping. Do you feel any pressure? Like, oh, now I need to go Christmas shopping. Or is it more about the financial like stress? Oh, 100% about the financial stress. And that's more window into my soul than <laughs> right, anything right. she's doing. But it right. just it does it to me. It's like, that's I funny. know Christmas is going to be financially difficult. <laughs> and you're just like, I know it's just tight, isn't it? It just is what it is. Yep. Yeah. I mean, at least there's not inflation problems right now. At least <laughs> gas doesn't at cost gas a lot. Prices are fine. <laughs> right, right. That's so oh, <laughs> I don't know why we started in that stressful spot. Wow, but got, I was excited about Christmas shopping, but it got dark fast are you doing all your are you doing all your shopping online do you do it all no i tend to do a lot that you know of this i don't know if you've heard of this little boutique called amazon but i I tend to do (laughs) quite a lot of it there um but i i'm a big tj maxx shopper and like my my mom and my sister love tj maxx so i'll do some shopping there for like things for them little little gifts for people here and there um but the majority of it tends to be online what about your wife what about yo it's she also you'll probably bump into her at that boutique you call amazon you guys will probably (laughs) we might run into each other yes you'll be like oh hey carrie how are you i fancy seeing you here It is weird because then other costs come up during Christmas too, like stuff at school or this. You're like, oh, can we just stop? Get me to January. It, no, that is problematic because you like you kind of have your budget carved out, right? And then all of a sudden you're like, wait, I owe what orchestra fees? Wait, I owe this orthodontist a payment? And you're like, wait, I didn't yes. budget that into the. I know, I know. That's My- I hate that. At my son's high school, they have a wonderful like Christmas gala that they yeah. have to get dressed up for. Well, guess who doesn't own a sport coat? Uh, and guess who? Guess uh, who has outgrown his nice pants and uh, his shoes? And I was like, oh, you know, no. I have a few sport coats that Eli's worn, and he's sixteen. Uh, you could borrow one. 
already been purchased uh, already okay. been uh well it's probably good for him to have one for these events but yeah sure. but yeah that's what i'm right. telling myself I, and then, I, 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 and then oh, i'm the dad going can that be a christmas present well, I, that's what I, was about to say. I saw this really funny meme that was like a kid asking his mom mom i need toothpaste and she was like that's fine but it's going to be part of your stocking <laughs> like, it's so true. True. my kids need like shampoo and i'm like well it's going in your stocking just so you know Oh, uh, so hopefully out there you're able to get past the stress, probably much better than we're doing, and uh, enjoy this Christmas season. The good news of great joy for all people. Uh, that is what we are celebrating. All right, Aubrey, I saw a I, I saw a story passed around the internet last night, and I need you to decide for me: big deal, not big deal. What do we process this? Uh, so I will. Uh, own the fact that this is at a pretty far right um website called the blaze okay but it's but i saw it at some other places that were much less far right they were much more neutral media if you will if that is ever such a thing yeah so it says this restaurant cancels christian groups event just before start time because eatery staffers many of whom are lgbtq felt uncomfortable and unsafe Whoa. a virginia restaurant canceled a christian groups event for that reason the family foundation a richmond based outfit affiliated with focus on the family who we talked about last week right uh, oh man said metzger bar and butchery also in richmond refused uh, to service our pre-reserved event, leaving us scrambling just moments before. The Family mm-hmm. Foundation, which advocates for policies based on biblical principles that enable families to flourish at the state and local level, added that for weeks we had planned a gathering of supporters and interested people in a private room at this restaurant. About an hour and a half before the event was set to take place, one of the restaurant's owners called our team to cancel the event sure enough basically an employee looked up our organization they said and their wait staff refused to serve us so this was mm. flying around i saw a lot of christians retweeting this or putting it on facebook basically going wait a minute like uh you know a christian baker can't refuse to right. bake a cake for right. x but now this is okay because right. some people said uh, we're uncomfortable with your organization. And so I was trying to go, okay, maybe just kind of a one-time deal, or is this more something we should probably be, be expecting? We did the story of focus on the family last yeah. week, getting vandalized yeah. over people linking them with the shooting in Colorado Springs. Is the issue of human sexuality, LGBTQ, transgender, and everything it feels like it's becoming the dividing line in which um, a lot of things are kind of, for lack of a better way of putting it, uh, start to work against us. How's that sound? Yeah, I mean, and I, Brian, off to be honest, I thought this story was like, what's the word my dad uses? Hokum. Like, I was like, this isn't real. This is a mm-hmm. fake story. But then if you actually go on the restaurant's Instagram page, Metzger Bar and Butchery is the name, they posted an explanation and yes, said right. that this is the part that is is a little bit, well, let me just read it to you. I won't read all of it, but Metzger Bar and Butchery has always prided itself on being an inclusive environment for people to dine in. In eight years of service, we have very rarely refused service to anyone. And then they basically went on to say that they found out this was a group of donors to a political organization. This is their language. That's right. to deprive women and LGBTQ plus persons of their basic human rights in Virginia. So this is such a problem in mm. my mind, Brian, that a restaurant can refuse 
especially if they've been working together to build towards this event, that a restaurant would refuse service because of someone's faith background. And I actually think this is, I mean, I'm guessing there are places where this is illegal. And um, I think what's where the language gets really, really dangerous is it's now not, hey, we see differently on these issues it's this organization seeks to deprive women and LGBTQ persons of their basic human rights. Like if we can't even get to the point where we're just saying, look, we see differently on these things. We have different points of view, but it's Mm -hmm. like we're vilifying each other to that degree and vilifying Christians to that degree. Then I do feel like the question you initially asked was, is this like the way forward? I think it is, Brian. Like I think this is going to be the dividing line because Christians are going to seem like they're sort of dehumanizing anti for people when in reality that's just not the case i this is this is a pretty wild story to me i I feel like my naive bubbles are bursting a little bit if if that makes sense because surely i i I was like no 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 this is oh this is real oh okay yeah i think that's that's true and here's also why i think this is going to continue to happen because you have your clear dividing lines you have your clear sides here if you will Mm -hmm. and what's happening is when a restaurant for this instance does this they actually are like we're surprised by all of the support we're getting uh this group called equality virginia highlighted this uh all of this basically this for lack of a better way this has been good for business and so i think as other places see okay if we take a stand like this not only does it line up with who we say we want to be, if you will, but also mm-hmm. it's good for business. It gets our name it out there. Us. Yeah. Uh, and therefore, I think we know when things are good for business, people run that way. And so <clears throat> I don't yeah. think there's any real downside for some of these organizations to say, all right, we're going to keep out the quote unquote bigoted people. We're going to keep out the quote unquote unloving people. That's why, Aubrey, I think we're just going to need to. <clears throat> We're need to gonna get, need to understand that. We're gonna need to get used to that and and ask ourselves the question you and I always ask: How do we as Christians? How do we as the church respond yeah. Yeah. in loving loving ways? Love your neighbor, but also go and listen. Like this isn't right. We're going to fight yeah. this. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's just not, not it's right. Not inclusive. Like, don't call yourself inclusive yes. if you're literally saying except for Christians. Inclusivity <laughs> also means Christianity and. I think to say that your viewpoint is the moral superior one can and therefore I can I cannot include those people. I mean, this is the stuff on the basic scale, like a basic level. Can we have a meal with someone we disagree with politically? Mm-hmm. The answer ought to be yes. Right. Mm-hmm. The answer ought to be we see each other's uh, humanity, shared, you know, experience as a human enough that we can sit and learn from one another, pick each other's brains, challenge each other, but not just like refuse to be in the same room as a person, refuse to have a meal with them, refuse to give them service. Um, and, you know, I think the same is true on the other side. Like, yeah. uh, you know, I do think so-and-so mm-hmm. should make the birthday cakes. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, but this is, it, it's interesting. It's yeah. something. It's it something. feels it feels increasingly as this part of the culture war, if you will, is the dividing line yeah. going forward. This is yeah. what it uh, what it has been decided it's going to be. And the church needs to go, OK, how are we going to live in the midst of this? So fascinating story. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a feeling we'll be doing more of these. All right.
Aubrey, you've been waiting. Coming up next, uh, I want to touch on a story that happened, that crazy story down in North Carolina. But then, Aubrey, I want to spend a bunch of time with a new documentary that has come out on Netflix. We're going to discuss that next year on The Common Good. AM 1160, hope for your life. Uh, have you followed the story? This is always setting you up for failure here. Know, have you I followed? <laughs> have you followed the story out of North Carolina where those power substations were taken out by gunfire? So I have heard of this story because our executive producer yesterday came in and told us about it. I have not followed up to find out what the latest you know findings were, but it it seems like this was intentional because of a drag queen event going on in town. Is that right? So uh, was intentional. Uh, definitely disputed about the drag queen thing. Uh, so okay, okay. So. Uh, what Aubrey's talking about there. So this substation in Moore County in North Carolina, it's awful. Somebody went up and shot it up, and now tens of thousands of people are without power. They said they could be out without power till Thursday, <gasps> possibly no Friday. Uh, it's getting cold. I think about everything that elect- so cold. Yeah, Think of everything that runs on electricity, right? And all if you were without it for days, and it was all because somebody intentionally shot it up they have it on video like they have it on security camera it's not a question as to what happened now the conspiracy theory if you will or the social media rumor which has not the the police have been very clear to say uh this is not substantiated but we'll see it could is that either the reason or coincidentally there was one of these drag queen shows uh story hours at a library or organization or wherever going on in that town uh, that some people say somebody went to the extent of shooting this up so there would be no power so that that would not happen okay, again. So that, but that's not proven at all. That's that's social media fodder that. at the moment. Yeah, social gotcha. media okay. fa- fodder. Okay. Uh, NBC News put it this way on social media. A theory persists about the North Carolina. Uh, shoot. OK, OK. But man, be praying for those people down there. That is no, that's crazy. So terrible. Like I, I can't imagine anyone having the audacity or the desire to go in and get everyone, have everyone lose their power. Especially, oh. like you said, I mean, it is getting colder and it's getting darker at night. Like I mean, this is just wild. And I'd be angry if I lived in that town. Like whoever yes. did that, I would be furious at them. Yes, yes. Uh, They're being called a domestic terrorist. I saw some interviews of I saw some interviews of people on the Today Show this morning who live in the town. And uh, let's just say if they came face to face with the person who did it, I don't think it would go well. (laughs) Well, yeah, I don't see those North Carolina people rolling over really easily on this one. It would not go well. All right, Arby, the other story I want to talk about, there is widespread publicity for a new Netflix documentary that is coming out uh, uh the documentary released by prince harry and Meghan <gasps> markle your best friends Yay! so i want to circle back to a question uh it's the the thing is called harry and Meghan. that's all that it's called and it okay. seeks to tell their story oh i can't wait to watch this but aubrey have you seen any of the trailers that they've released uh-uh. slowly no it is uh, going to co- if if we had any hopes of reconciliation of the royal family, Uh-oh. consider those hopes 
Uh, uh -oh. probably not realistic. Oh, no. So this is probably why they've been fighting for a while, too, because the family knew that this documentary was coming out or something. So here's what I want to ask you. I know we've joked a lot about uh, especially Meghan Markle and this and that. Uh, this trailer is called uh, not the trailer. The movies, uh, the documentary is called Harry and Meghan. And it talks about this, how the royals say several stories about Markle were planted. Uh, mm. A lot of people are laughing at a line from Prince Harry that he says in the video. He says there's a hierarchy of the family. And people are like, well, that's kind of what it means <laughs> yeah, to be in the royal obviously. family. But he goes on to say, you know, there's leaking, but there's also planting of stories. There was a war against Meghan mm. to suit other people's uh, agendas. It's about hatred. It's about race. And so that's kind wow. of where they go from here. And it's just a behind the scenes from wow. their perspective. Uh, and so I'm watching this. I know you are. And so I would like your review when it comes out. Yeah, so here's yeah. what I want to ask, Aubrey. And and I know we, we laugh a lot about the royal family, but I do think it says something about human nature. Okay. Uh, so you tell me if I'm taking this too far. Prince okay, Harry just here. came out. Prince Harry just came out with a book. Yeah. It, uh, it has an amazing or about title. Uh, our, our producer sent it to me. I'm going to look it up because the title is like, oh, it's like a mic drop title. Hold on. Prince Harry's so, book. So his going, book is his book is about to come out. Meghan Markle uh, has released a podcast, which people are, are commenting is doing awfully like it is not getting any traction. But but she's released a podcast. You had the interviews, the very famous interviews with Oprah. Now you have this documentary called Harry and Meghan, basically our story. Yeah. Much of what they complain about in these things is the paparazzi and the lack of privacy. And the reason we left England was because of our lack of privacy. We want to just be normal people, yada, yada, yada. And yet they keep shining the spotlight on themselves. <laughs> I know you, that has been your, your big critique. Spare, by the way, is the name of the book. Spare. Oh, that's Yeah, funny. I mean, at that's the good. end of the day, I do think Harry and Meghan have to make money now. Right. And so I'm not saying I mean, I, I imagine the stories that they're telling are true stories and worthwhile to pay attention to. But I also know, like, they have to make a living and this is the world that they're in. So I you're you're right about some of it. Like we want the paparazzi to leave us alone, but we're going to keep putting out, you know, movies and documentaries and entertainment. But I think bottom line is they need to pay the bills. I think they're going to make money anywhere they go, anything they want to do. I think that they are wanting to stay in the spotlight. And that's what I don't understand. But I think, remember I told you about, I think this is indicative of human nature. Yeah. I, I think there are very few people who are like, I just want to be left alone. I just want to live my life quietly. I just want to whatever. I just want my privacy. I think all of us to some level are like, I want to be known. I want people to notice yep. me. I want to be in yep. the spotlight. I just think that they're doing it to like a destructively nth degree. <laughs> like, well, all right. Can, it, they can't. I mean, the real, I don't think they're being destructive, but they can do it because of their platform, right? Because of who they are. Like the rest of us can't do this kind of thing, but you're right. I think you are exactly right that this is human nature. We want to be seen. We want to be known. I think we've traded being seen for like actually being known intimately and vulnerably. Mm. Um, but you, you are right. I, in fact, I heard, who was it? I, I don't know. Some, I'm sure it's some pastor. We'll say CS Lewis 
but it wasn't CS. Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. Some pastor somewhere said something like, even those of us who are Christians, we want to make great the name of Jesus. In the back of our minds, what we're also trying to do is make our own names great. And I think that there that's I mean, that's sin, isn't it? Like that really is kind of the definition of like we want to be seen and known and raised up and worshipped ultimately. And that's we true. Want, we want power and influence. And apart from Jesus telling us there's a better way, um, I don't know that it changes. But I think something you and I keep circling back to is how as you get I do think as you get older, you kind of like or prefer a seasoned smaller quiet life. Even Kevin yesterday was like, man, I wish I could just like go live a life where not in isolation, but just where like I could, you know, I didn't need to be in front of people all the time. Mm, like I think as you get yeah. older, you start to feel differently about some of that stuff. I I do agree about that. Think about how many of the older people you know who are like, I'm not I don't do this social media thing. I don't do this. Media. I'm just yeah. doing this. But I don't know. And I know I, I've had fun with Meghan Markle and Prince Harry. The, the trailers to this documentary make me sad. Obviously, there's a lot of anger and their stories. And maybe yeah. that's all this is. Yeah. We're going to tell our story. To me, it screams of look at us. Uh, we want to stay famous. We want to make. And you're just like, I thought that's what you were running from. <laughs> and I just. Mm, interesting. But I, yeah, interesting. I think it's human nature. And. I look forward to your review. I look I forward wait. to you watching this. We'll talk about it. We'll definitely. We'll bring on some clips. We'll interview. We'll bring on Prince Harry and Markle and again. <laughs> we'll interview them. No, we're going to talk about this for sure. I think deep down. It doesn't and, seem very uh, Christmassy though. So I don't know if it's oh, not if they're not decorating their Christmas tree. I don't know if I want to be a part of this. I think deep down, so many people who see these things from afar too are just sad that as royal family or not royal family, I, it's a broken family. I know and it's that is sad. <laughs> Full of tragedy, full yeah. of all of this stuff. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I just wish you and your brother could hang out and uh, oh, just be friends. Just go watch but... a soccer match and eat some bangers and mash together. <laughs> um, can I say one more thing? It's yes. also interesting timing, both the book and the documentary, that uh, they definitely had it all ready. And then when Queen Elizabeth died, it was time to go. You know what I mean? It was like, yep, release time now, for sure. Uh, not to mention that they're dropping these trailers as his brother is and sister-in-law, the uh, Kate and yeah. uh, William, William are in the are in the United States. Oh. So yeah, you know, oh, there's a lot there, Aubrey. There's a lot there. Reconciled. Come on, putting guys. the fun, putting the fun in dysfunctional royal family. <laughs> <laughs> if you've been with this show for any amount of time, Aubrey, people know you and I are parents. I have three children uh let's see emily is 13 jackson is 15 madeline is 19 off at college this year uh and your kids are go i'll let you do uh eli is 16 uh lincoln is 13 nolan is 11 so we're like just stacked behind you it's hard to remember sometimes isn't it (laughs) and which what the what are their names again yeah yeah hard to remember it's hard oh it's so funny and so i know a lot of you out there are parents you are grandparents and one of the things that frustrated me when we first became parents was the number of people who were like do it this way do it this way read this book (laughs) yeah and and there was this feeling of like i have to get this exactly right Mm. and also as our kids get older do you ever struggle with this at all um the idea of like 
I want to be fr- I want to have a friendly friend relationship with my kids, but I'm also still their parent. And what does that look like as they is that ever weird for you? It is, especially with my older one, because we're pretty close. And so like, we'll let's say go on a long road trip together. Mm-hmm. He'll go with me to where I'm speaking somewhere and he'll just tell me all kinds of things, especially for boys when you're like side by side, not looking yes. at each other. Right. That's when they talk. And every once in a while, I'm like, okay, do I, should I just like shut up and listen? Cause this is so precious that he's like pouring into me or do I step in and parent and offer wisdom? Because some of the things he's saying, I'm like, ah! yeah. you know, it's a very strange. And I know I'm his parent first. Like I know that's the role God has given me, but then you don't want to sort of cut off some of the trust that they're giving you when they're opening up to you. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a tricky, tricky thing to balance and just pray that the Holy spirit gives us all wisdom, I guess. Yeah. And it transitions. Like I, you're a, a year, you know, two years away from this. Now that my daughter has gone to college, it, I'm still her parent, but it yeah. changes the yeah, relationship. Right, and so right. uh, that got me, uh, I got thinking about this as I was, um, I saw a clip from a podcast called The Pivot. It is a couple different guys. One of them is named Ryan Clark. That's who we're going to hear from here in a second. Uh, ESPN commentator. If you watch ESPN and watch their uh, stuff about football, you know who Ryan Clark is. Like okay. that, he's an ex NFL player. Uh, they talk about sports. They talk about football. Uh, but so I found it really interesting that on this podcast he kind of opened up about his view of parenting. And when I heard it, I was like, oh, that is so good. Uh, So let's listen to this. This is Ryan Clark on The Pivot. I've said it a million times, man. I do not think parenting is a reciprocal relationship. I do not think that my kids got to love me because I love them. I do not think that my kids are going to respect me all the time because I take care of them. I do not think that my kids are going to see me the same way that I see them because my kids don't have to take care of me. I am not their responsibility ever. You ain't got to buy me nothing. You ain't got to you ain't got to do nothing for me. You don't have to reward me for loving you because you ain't asked to be here. And so in that man like I feel nothing but love for my child. As parents, we don't try to mess up. It's just no hand. It's like a lot of handbook to it. Right? It's no playbook to make those decisions. Like you just do the best that you can. And in the end, it's like on them to like internalize it the way they deal with that they deal with it. Aubrey, two things that he said that really jumped out to me were this. The first was about friendship. Like your kids, uh, like your job is not to be their friend. Yeah, it is. Again, it's not to be their enemy. Like I'm not like this authoritarian, this and that. But we get ourselves in trouble when as parents, our main goal is for our kids to like us. Mm. And our kids to be, I want my kids to like me, but that's not the highest priority. I appreciated him kind of talking about, and then he talks about, Hey, I I should expect nothing from my kids. Uh Like there's, this is not a mutual relationship. Mm -hmm. That's the part I I actually really appreciate. And could, it could sound harsh. Like he's not meaning I I don't expect respect for my kids, but I think the idea is like, he's saying I'm the parent, like we're not equals here. I am we're equals in our value, whatever, but like I serve them. I help them. I guide them. I gift things to them. I, mm-hmm. and I cannot expect my kids to like pay me back. Like, and, and I think in one sense, it's a picture of unconditional love. Like mm-hmm. we, 
we love our children and we keep on loving our children, even when they make us crazy and we provide for their material needs, their food, their clothing, their shelter, their love, their comfort, even when they make us crazy. And we don't expect, like, I don't ever expect my kids to be like, mom, you need a new blanket. You're cold at night. (laughs) I'm going to provide that for you. No, that would expect them to be parents. And so I think in one sense, he's also saying, let kids be kids and adults, you be the parents. Yeah. There's a lot of situations where that isn't true. Kids are forced into parental roles. And some of that's just the tragedy of life that can't be helped. And some of it is because parents have sort of abstained from their role of of parenting. And I'm like you, I'm not a heavy handed author- no. authoritarian parent at all. But there is a kind of a line like you are not your child's BFF forever. Like, mm-hmm. right, you are still the one with wisdom, guidance, God has put you in authority over their life to love them towards Christ and to, to wisdom. Yeah. Something I've learned as my kids have gotten older, especially watching them in like travel sports and this and that, you do see some weird parent child like dynamics Hmm. where almost the parents are living vicariously through their kids. It's a really Mm -hmm. weird dynamic. And so I thought that was helpful. And then Aubrey, and I think other people need to hear this when he said, I learned early on there's no playbook for this. Uh, yeah. uh, the quicker you as a parent can embra- embrace that, the better off you're going to be. The quicker yeah. you're like, I can't mess this up. I can't do that. Like, you're going to figure it out. Your job is to love your child, point them to Jesus, protect your child, and and grow with them as you go. The quicker you realize that, right, the better off you're going to be. Yeah. And and I think also trusting, like there have been times, especially now that our son is older, where like the Holy Spirit has just put something on my heart for my son. And it has been like, oh, that needed to happen or that needed to get caught or that needed to. And so I think also trust, like there's no guidebook, but you do have one who will guide you as a parent, the perfect parent, obviously. Uh, And will as you pray for your kids and as you listen and as you trust some of the instinct that God has given you, you like, I think you'll find you're actually more equipped than you thought you were, Mm -hmm. but you are exactly right, Brian. No kids are the same. No kids can be parented exactly the same. There is no, there is no perfect playbook for how things are going to go down and how the, you know, we don't have, Kevin always said to me with our kids growing up, they are not robots. They are Mm -hmm. human beings. And Mm -hmm. so there's some things we just are out of our hands. Someday, someday we'll have a longer discussion about this. The, uh, the proclivity for people in, this is a Christian thing in their mid to late twenties with young kids who write parenting blogs and parenting books. Oh yeah. That can't happen. That needs to stop. You don't know. (laughs) Parenting books should be written by people in their fifties and (laughs) sixties. Absolutely. Brian and I will be back again tomorrow from four to 6 p.m. For Brian Fromm, I'm Aubrey Sampson, and you've been listening to The Common Good on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.